If you turn over in your Bibles to Romans, the 12th chapter, there was a man who entered a bar and bought a glass of beer and then immediately threw it in the bartender's face. Quickly grabbing a napkin, the the man helped the bartender dry his face off and apologized with great remorse. He said, "I'm, I'm so sorry, but I have this compulsion to do this. I try to fight it, but I don't know what to do about it. So the bartender says, well, you sure better go out there and get some help on that because that's going to get you in some trouble. But as long as uh, I know you haven't got any help on that, you come in here again, I'm going to remember you. I'm not serving you again. So he left and a number of months later he came back and the bartender did remember him and he said, uh, I'm not serving you, you know. He says, no, I went off and I, I got a psychiatrist and I got some help on this and he, he's cured me. And so uh, he thoroughly convinced the bartender. So the bartender poured him another drink. And as soon as he did, he picked it up and splashed it right in his face. And says, I, I thought you said you were cured. And he said, well, I, uh, I'm, I'm cured and I don't feel guilty about it anymore. <laughs> the Word of God doesn't want us to not, not feel guilty about doing wrong things. It wants us to stop doing them. That's the goal. We're going to be over here in Romans chapter 12 as we look at being faithful, living a faithful life. He starts off this as to uh, live as living sacrifices. In verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. I beseech you. I beseech you. Now, we talked in last week. A lot of folks didn't make it last week with the weather. These are just some of the highlights. We have it up there on the Internet. Got it up there on Wednesday. Some of you did go ahead and listen to it ahead of time. But when I walk in the love of God, when I walk in the love of God, I produce fruit. We saw that the fruit of the Spirit is love. And when I am attached to the vine, I produce fruit. So when I walk in, the, in love, I walk in the Spirit. When I walk in the Spirit, I'm attached to the vine. When I'm attached to the vine, I produce fruit. And the fruit that I produce are the treasures of heaven that are laid to my account. God's love flows. It is not produced. It flows. God's love flows from us. I have to learn how to get in that flow. There's a whole lot of people that we're having difficulty loving. And it's because we haven't got into the flow. God's love flows from Him to you to the person it needs to go to. It's a flow. Just don't get in the way of that flow. As soon as you get to the point where you're trying to produce the love of God, you will not produce His love and therefore the things that come after it that we saw in Galatians chapter 5, they're not going to happen for you. But God's, God's love flows. When you are attached to the vine, do you have to produce all the, all the nutrients that come from the vine? Does the branch have to produce all that? No, it just flows into it because it's attached. And that's how we have to get. Getting out of that flow will cause me to become unproductive no matter how loving I appear. Please understand that. You can appear very loving. But if you are out of that flow, you are not producing. Now he says here, I beseech you, brethren. I beseech you. The word there for beseech is from the compound word parakaleo. Para means to call along or to come alongside, and kaleo is to call. So it's basically, literally, to call alongside or to call near. I beseech you, brethren. Now this word, one person put it this way: the new word, this word, this compound word, pictures one who comes alongside someone else as close as he can get, and then begins to passionately call out, plead, beckon, beg, and beseech that other person to do something on his behalf. That's what it's talked about. This word is used to describe prayer. Parakaleo is used to describe prayer. To come alongside, to beseech, to ask God for things. 
that is used for prayer. It's also used by military commanders. Military commanders would use this word when they called their officers, when they called their troops together and brought them in close and described them in the plans that they had to accomplish, that the things that they had to do. This word would, would be used. They would call them alongside. So he says, I beseech you, brethren, I call you near, I call you alongside of me. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable. Now, the word here, present, is an interesting word. To present your bodies. It is from the Greek word paristomi. It also comes from the prefix word para. And istomi. It is a compound word. It's, uh, it's used this, it's used this way. Remember when Jesus was in the temple? His, his parents brought Him and they said they presented Jesus. This is the word that is used. That they presented Jesus before God. He said to present your body as a living sacrifice. And Paul uses exactly the same word that they use to describe Jesus when they brought Him. It means to place beside or to place at one's disposal. To place beside or to place at one's disposal. To surrender, to offer as to offer a sacrifice to God or to present as to present a special offering to God. So this is what this is. So to place at one's disposal. So he is saying, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, to take your bodies and place it at one's disposal. Whose disposal? It's God's disposal. You are to take your body and put it at God's disposal. He didn't say your spirit. He said, present your body. Which means the things that your body is going to do, you present that to God as a living sacrifice. He uses that word, a living sacrifice. So I beseech you, brethren, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. So we are already gods. We are already Christians. But we are to live in such a way as to have our behavior, our bodies, holy and acceptable. That we are to live that way with our bodies. Now, get out of the mind frame that we have to do this to get saved. You already are saved. You couldn't do this if you weren't saved. But because you are saved, you can present your bodies as a living sacrifice. It didn't say a dead one. I know it's a whole lot easier not to sin when you are dead. But He wants living. Living sacrifices. So don't take the easy way out. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Do not be conformed. Where is your spirit going to be conformed? It's your body. Don't people want to get you to do things, say things, operate in certain ways? They want to get you to take your body and be conformed to what they are. Be conformed to what they are. You don't want to become conformed to what they are. You want to do what, what God wants you to do. You want to go God's way. Don't be conformed in, in this. Do not be conformed, but be transformed. So don't be conformed, but be transformed. Get rid of the conf- of, of conforming to the world, of the people that are around you, and conforming to their thoughts, conforming to their ways, even if they're born-again people. Who were we supposed to be transformed to be like? Believers? We're presenting our bodies as living sacrifices to God. Stop comparing yourself to other believers. Well, I'm better than brother so-and-so. I'm not doing what sister so-and-so is doing. Better than that. It don't matter. It did not say to be transformed like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so. You're to be transformed into God's image to do the things where God has. Well, that's too hard. I'd rather just be keep that as a goal. Well, you didn't write the book. If you wrote the book, then you could do what you wanted to, but you didn't write the book. 
You got to do what he says. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, there's a whole lot of Christians that have the, a, lot, a lot of the world in them. Just because they're Christians doesn't mean that it's gone. That's why you don't get transformed into their image. Get transformed into God's. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I've heard people minister on this that there's a good, there's an acceptable, and there's a perfect will of God. Just because you're doing something, you're in the will of God, doesn't mean you're necessarily in the perfect will of God. You might be in the good, you might be in the acceptable, but glory to God, get to that perfect. Now, you can't always start in the perfect will of God. Sometimes you've got to be in the good, operate there, be faithful there, and then you move on to the acceptable and move on to the, to the perfect. And that's all fine. Just follow after God. Do what He says to do. He's moving you along. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. It's not usually a problem for people to think too low of themselves. Sometimes you run into that. Most times we're thinking more highly than we ought to. Even people who have a low self-image of themselves fall into thinking more highly than they ought to. How many people that are even here in this room today? You've been in, at work and they treated you a certain way. I don't deserve that. So-and-so says something to you. I don't deserve that. I, that. I shouldn't have that going on. They shouldn't say that. They shouldn't do that. They shouldn't feel that way. They shouldn't... Have, haven't we been to those places? And generally, the motive behind it, not always... But generally, the motive behind it is, I am, I am not worth what they just put, the, put on me. I am not, I should not have to deal with this. I may have ever called some customer service people and gotten some things from them. You say, I don't, I, I'm a customer. I'm a cus, I don't deserve this kind of thing. And, and, and you think of all the money that you put into them. How many have ever thought about that? Calling the customer service, I think about all the money. I'm giving you money. $50 a month, $100 a month, $200 a month, whatever it might be, you're given the money. You expect to have a certain amount of service and to be treated a certain way. And here's this person calling you up and saying that. Now, you've never done it the other way where you called up a customer service person and just jumped down their throats right off the bat, have you? <laughs> never have done that. You see, as soon as you do that, then you're thinking more highly of yourself than that other person and you're operating that way. Don't do it. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. We've been dealing with a, a particular provider at our house for months trying to get something straightened out. And I've called, and whenever I call this, this uh, particular pro provider up, it takes 15, 20 minutes on hold before I actually talk to a real person. And that's after you go through the, you know, the computers and hit one and hit five and hit three and then wait and all that. So you know what the routine is. And so we finally get on through and I talk to someone and tell them what the story is and, and they're going to fix it. And, and it's not fixed. It's a week. It's two weeks. It's, it's not being fixed. So what do I got to do? I got to get back on the phone. And then you got to be on, on hold 15, 20 minutes, wait for that thing to come on up. And then you talk to another person. Well, we're, we see what was done before and we're going to do this and we're going to have a work order and we're going to get that thing taken care of. In fact, uh, this time the person said, we're going to call you back and let you know how, how things worked out with that. Waited a day, waited two days, waited three days, waited four days, waited a week. Figured, all right, it's not going to happen. I have to reschedule. By the time I did, it was two weeks. No one had called. And so I talked to someone again. And then this time I tried to explain it to the person and we weren't getting anywhere with explaining the thing to the person. Not this time. And so I asked to be sent up to a supervisor. Asked for the supervisor. Well, they, you can't just get there. They had to schedule it and they'll call you within a day. Very good. Let's schedule it. So they would call me within a day. That, that night came. That day came. The next day. The next day after that. The next day after that. No call from the supervisor. Wow. <laughs> 
So now we're we're getting you know one week, two weeks. It keeps adding up. So you know we start this in November. We're in December now. And so I called up again, and uh, and this time I said, uh, I just want to let you know ahead of time because every time you call, it's somebody different. I just want to let you know ahead of time you're you're having what is close to an irate customer here. <laughs> but the whole time I stayed nice to him. I stayed because I understood. I said this isn't your fault. You didn't create it. Talk with this lady for a little while, and she she was going to all right. I'm going to solve this, and I'll tell you, I'm going to call you back. Thank you very much. Wrote her name down. The next day came. The day after that. The day after that. The day after that. Another week went by, and no phone call from this particular person. Now I got to find time in my schedule that I can sit on the phone 15, 20 minutes, wait on hold, get through to somebody. Then when you get through, some, then you got to go through the whole story again and tell them the whole spiel again. And so I did it again. Then called up again and 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 reached somebody. Now you see, I had to be responsible for my side. And if I get on there and just start laying into someone, what am I doing? I'm thinking more highly of myself than that person on the other end of the phone. And so I can't do that. And so I began to talk to it. And this time it was a gentleman. And I, I, I began to speak to the gentleman. And I, I said to, to him, uh, this is our situation. This is our problem. And uh, he went on through. And he came up with the simplest solution. And I said, well, I thought of that before, but no one has offered that solution. And he says, well, it's the easiest thing we can do. And certainly we can do this and that'll fix the problem. Would, would it be satisfactory to you? I said, it would certainly be satisfactory to me. Go ahead and do that. So he said, all right, but the computer's down right now. I can't do it until tonight. Maybe tomorrow at the latest. <laughs> all right. Very good. Is there a number I can get a hold of you at? And so I got a number I can get a hold of him at. And uh, the, that night came. The next day came. And the day after that. And the day after that. And we didn't get anywhere. So now we're, you know, I didn't let a whole week go by this time. And so I called after three days and told the person right off the end of the phone. See, you all getting frustrated just hearing the story, aren't you? <laughs> So I called up. This time a, a woman answered the phone. Lady answered the phone. I'm still responsible for my side of the action, aren't I? If I get in there and lay into them, what am I doing? Thinking more highly of myself than I am of them. And I shouldn't do that. I can't get into that thing. And so I got into it. I says, look, I really don't want to get into the whole story on this thing. If you want, you can look up all your records. Here's a work order. This is the person I talked to before. I don't know who that is. We don't have anybody by that name. Well, they came out of this office. Well, I can't really tell a directory from that office. Um, but let's just go ahead and see what we can, we can do and figure this out. And they came up and said, well, it looks like he was going to do this for you. Yes, he was. That's what he was going to do. Well, I can do that right now. Glory to God. <laughs> Thank you very much. Go ahead. Now, they, say, they said it'll take about an hour for this to, be, to become effective, but I've, I've already done it. It's all, it's all done. They put me on hold and they come on back and they apologize for me. I said, don't apologize for putting me on hold. Y'all doing something. That's appreciate it. <laughs> but the whole time, Never yelled at him, never cussed at him. Wouldn't do that anyway, but you all were wondering. <laughs> then when I'm on hold, did say stuff under my breath? Because I'll hear that, you know. <laughs> like, just because you can't hear them doesn't mean they can't hear you. So I didn't, didn't do any of that and just you know, kept them on your, on your side. And uh, finally we got it taken care of and it's all fixed. Glory to God. All that for such a stupid little service that we get on the, on the thing. But, you know, after a while, it just got to be a principle. <laughs> it just had to be, just get it going. But you got to be careful. Just because people seem to have treated you on customer service in a disrespectful way. We've all been there, haven't we? Yes. Haven't people even yelled at you from the other, other end customer service and got on your case and, well, you're not doing this or you're not doing that or whatever it might be. And you, you have to be responsible. So he talks about here, he says, 
For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Now, let's take a look at a couple of the words in here before we move on. We move on, we understand this even better. But he says here, do not be thinking more highly of yourself than you ought to think. And he says to think soberly. The word soberly is the Greek word sophroneo. And it means to be of sound mind, to be reasonable, to be balanced, level-headed in the way one thinks, to maintain a proper appraisal, measurement, or value, to think clearly about one's limitations. In other words, we are not to pretend to be more than we are. To not to pretend to be more than we are. Let me read that again to you because this is good. And it means to be of sound mind, to be reasonable, to be balanced and level-headed in the way one thinks, to maintain a proper appraisal, measurement or value, to think clearly about one's limitations. In other words, we are not to pretend to be more than we are. Don't get on the phone with those customer service people and pretend that you're their boss. Or to think that your business is so valuable to them. I mean, some of these folks, I mean, this one particular one, they're multi-million dollar, they probably deal millions of dollars per month. And I'm thinking about the little tiny bit I send them. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, now they, they want to keep customers happy. You want to, you want to try and do that. But you, you just, if you go at it right, that's what we have to do. Make sure that you do that. You get people in the church, don't speak to people in the church in a disrespectful way. Be respectful. Well, they don't deserve, it doesn't matter. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Don't do it. If you do, who's at fault? You are. Now, he goes on to say, say here, let's take a look at this. For I say through the grace given to me, everyone who's among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Well, I put something else in there too, and it's not... No. Nope. We have it. It's just, uh, we'll get there later. For as we have many members, for as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. We have how many members? We have many members. If we have many members, how many functions do we have? Many functions. So we have many functions and thus different functions. You can't have many members and many functions and all do the same thing. We all do something different. You have many members in your body. Many members are in your body. But each member, though they are many, does not have the same function. If all the members of your body functioned in the same way, you'd be a mess. You can't have a heart being a vein. You can't have a liver being a lung. You can't have an eye being an ear. And the list could just go on and on. You need every member to do what that member was meant to do. And when a member cannot do what it was meant to do, does that cause you a problem? Sure it does. It causes all kinds. I had a problem with a finger. Thought actually I broke it. Did was doing stuff and actually thought I broke it. And it turned out I didn't. But I'll tell you what, that's it, it's sore as can be. I still played hockey. I know you're all asking about that. Put the finger in the glove, take the, glove, the fingers together and went on over there and played. But uh, it's, it's sore. And uh, you'd be surprised how many things... You know, it's just one, one member. One little member. And it's just the tip. It's just the top of it. But as soon as I touch something the wrong way... Oh, man. Boy, do I remember. 
Don't use that finger. I remember how much I used that member. You mean it's just it's a left finger. I got a right one. Why not just use that? But each one has its own things that it can do. You know, it's been a couple of weeks. It hurts just as almost as much now as the day after I did it. Not the day of, but the day after. It's it hasn't gone anywhere. But it's all right. We don't get there. But it's it's amazing when you have a, a, a member and you don't give it any thought at all until all of a sudden that member hurts. I mean, you have a gland that's swollen, wasn't swollen before. All of a sudden, you become very mindful of that gland. You have a headache. Don't you become very mindful of the gray matter between your ears? Whereas before, you're not really thinking about it. I mean, you know it's there, you use it, but you're not really thinking about it a whole lot. But as soon as a member becomes weak, as soon as a member becomes injured, as soon as a member becomes hurt, we become very mindful of that member. Isn't that right? It's the same thing in the body of Christ, folks. When we have a member who becomes weak, when we have a member who becomes hurt, when we have a member who becomes dysfunctional, not doing what they had done before, they're not functioning the way that they were, don't we become very mindful of that member, very mindful of what is missing out of that, whereas before we were not. We're all different. We all have different functions. We have to make sure that we stay mindful of those members even when they are not dysfunctioning, hurt, damaged, and so forth. Many members, many functions, different functions. They are different functions. So what one of you does, the other one does something different. And let them do that. Don't expect that this member has to do the same thing that this member does. We're all a body. Thank God for different parts of it. Now, you take an eye and you try and make it do an ear, it's not going to do as good of a job. You take a member in the church and you try and make them do something that they weren't called, but they're getting it done. They're getting it done, but don't go over there and pick on them. You didn't get that done very well. Stop it! They're over there compensating, help them get that thing done. You can get in there and help them out if you want to, but stop sitting over there picking them. Don't we do that though? Well, so-and-so, no, no, they're over there doing this thing. Now, I know sometimes I say, you know, different churches and different places and things like that, but let's talk about ours. <laughs> I heard it said, I don't know who, don't get up and say, I, 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 that was me, Pastor's talking about me, he knows it. I have no idea. I don't know who said it. Sometimes I just hear that things are said. But I heard it someone say, you know, Miriam and, and um, what's your name again? <laughs> Miriam, Kevin, their, their names are always popping up in the bulletin, having people over. And I heard that some people were getting a little upset. How come their name's always in the bulletin, having people over? Dear Lord, what do you want to get upset over? I mean, if you can go to somebody else's house, mess it up, and then go. What in the world are you complaining about? Glory to God. <laughs> now, I don't know who said that. I don't really care. Fix it yourself. Get right. Because that's a wrong attitude on your part. Now, you don't like Kevin and Miriam's home? Don't go. I like their home. They open it up. I'm going. You don't like my home? Don't come. But you look around this church inside here, you can count on less than one hand the people that are willing to have you all come over. Hello. 
You folks don't have anybody over ever. Don't you pick on the people who do. Don't you dare do it. I'll come over and kick you in the butt. Get you moving. Knock it off. That's just messing the, that's just messing stuff. Messing up with things. If you get upset, well, Kevin and Miriam didn't invite me to come over. Do you invite them? What are you doing sitting over there picking on who's inviting you to come over and who's, quit it! Go over and open up your home. And, but well, I can't fit that many people. Then stop complaining about folks who can. And it's not so much that their home's any better than yours. They're just willing to do it. Hello. I know you don't like that one. <laughs> Get willing. You think it's easy having you all over jumping our pool? Huh? You try having 60, 70 people crash at your house. Jump in your pool. Transfer your house with chlorine water. Use the bathroom. And other stuff like that. I'm not complaining about it. We wouldn't open it up if we didn't want to do it. We all like that to come on over. Kevin and Miriam do the same thing. Open it up. Y'all come on over. Hang out at the pool. But don't sit there and complain over it. That's one of the things they can do. One of the things that they like to do is to, to minister in hospitality. Paul talked about this in that area. Let them be. Thank God for members to do that. Don't, I mean, how many times we've been over Kevin and Miriam's and we had a good time? Yeah. Sitting out there in the, that awning they got there. Nobody showed up for you to help you pull that down either, did they? Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, we're members. We got, we got to stop picking on each other for for this. So what? If their if their name showed up in the bulletin every single week, who cares? I'll put your name name in there. All you got to do is say I'm opening my house. They they can all come over to my place. I'll put your name in there. You know what? Why don't we just do that? Why don't we just pick somebody's house? When you show up at church, you find out, oh, they're coming to my house. How about that? I mean, the Word of God says be hospitable. We'll make you be hospitable. Some folks, you may complain that, you know, raise a lousy head usher. Nobody has said that. I'm just pointing stuff out there. Well, Ray's been at it a long time. I haven't seen anybody out there trying to contend for his position. We have, we're about to have another. Well, we need to have more ushers. What are you doing? Why aren't you involved with it? See, don't sit there and complain about other members. You're not willing to get out there and do the same thing. You need to get involved. There are many members. And there are different roles that each member has. Take advantage of them. Do them. You've got to build up those, those relationships. You've got to build up those things. But there are many members. There are many functions. And different functions. You all want to crash over at somebody's house and watch the game? You've got to have an attitude about it to be right about it. Because we like doing that kind of stuff. It's fun. Gifts differing according to the grace given. Gifts differing according to the grace given. God selected you out. Now, some of you folks say, I don't really enjoy having people over my house all the time. Well, I guess that wasn't particularly given to you, was it? But you can still be hospitable. But you see, when a person has that and they just love my, my wife and I, we love having people over. We do it on a regular basis. Where it seems like we're always cleaning up after one group and then cleaning up for the next one to come in. This seems to always be, be going on. 
with that. But we love to do that. We love to have folks to come on over and to sit there. Some of you folks enjoy making the trip. You know, when you have people over, you don't make a trip anywhere. You stay. Other people like making the trip. That's all right if you like making the trip. Grace is giving you to make that trip. But enjoy those things. And don't pick on, on others for it. Think soberly. Don't think of yourself more highly because you can sure get into that, into that area. Paul mentions several gifts here. But not all these gifts are, are mentioned in exhortations in the ministry and other places. Let's take a look at some of these gifts that he, he talks about. Now, he doesn't give a full list. He just gives some. I was thinking about this the other day. I forgot who brought it to my attention with uh, Kevin, and, Kevin and Miriam. And some people might wonder, do you, when you hear something in the church, do you, do you change your whole sermon around it? Not usually. Not usually. But I want to tell you something. I'll let you in on a little secret. You as a, as a parent, mom and a, and a dad, if your children came to you and said, Mom, we'd like to have pork chops for dinner. Would you give them broccoli cheese soup? What would you want to do? Give them pork chops. You see, and sometimes you all will say stuff and I'll hear it. And I sometimes go back before God and says, God, I hear this going on in the church. And, God's, and, and a lot of times I don't hear anything else about it. But sometimes God will give me something on it. And if God gives me something on it, I don't care who I heard it from. I'll come out here the next Sunday and tell it to you. If I embarrass you, I embarrass you. If God gave it to me, I'm going to give it back to you. But you see, when you all are asking questions or even have disputes or complaints among yourselves, it tells me about needs. And if God speaks to that need, I'm going to come in here and speak to you about it. And then I'm done with it. I go on. I don't, I don't mull over it until I hear about it again. <laughs> and I go back before God. That's just a little side note. Where do we leave off at? What verse? So then we being many, verse 5, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, is prophecy mentioned as a spiritual gift in other places in the Word of God? It is. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. You hear Brother Copeland get up there and give a prophecy according to the measure of his faith. Don't get up there and try and match that unless your faith is matched his. That's what it's talking about. You see, the more you grow in faith, the more you can move in the gift of prophecy to prophesy about the future. But that takes more faith to prophesy about the future than to do the simple gift of prophesy, which is exhortation and comfort. So you operate in the area that you're at. According to your faith, he says. Don't go after somebody else's. Or ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. So if you're called into ministry, what's ministry? Well, there's a whole lot of folks where this word is being used where they were called alongside. Elisha was called alongside of Elijah and ministered to him. What did he do as far as ministry was concerned? Whatever Elijah needed. And Elijah's needs were different from Moses' needs. Joshua served Moses and he was his attendant and he did things. But Moses probably asked different things of Joshua than Elijah asked of Elisha. You have some people, we've seen some folks that come on in and they have assistants with them. They have helpers with them. And they do things. You know, sometimes I, I heard Tony Cook, he was talking about it. He gets met at certain churches and they're so used to this. They come on out and they meet him. They carry his Bible. They consider it a privilege to carry his Bible and bring it on in. If I was Tony Cook and I was showing up there, I would probably have difficulty with that. I have never once asked any of you to carry my Bible. I'd carry it just fine. <laughs> If you came up to me and said, Pastor Steve, we want to minister to you, can I carry your Bible? I'd say, no. 
<laughs> that doesn't minister to me. I'm, I'm like this. I'm watching you carry my Bible and I'm with you the whole time and then until I get to where I want and then you give it back to me. That's not helping me out. But some people, they put all their stuff and they give it all to them and they walk away from it and that ministers to them. So whatever it is that they need, that'll, that'll minister to them. That will help them out. Different ones are different ways. You know, if some person come in, they might they take their coat off and they hang it up. If, if you want to do that for me, you're going to have a hard time. I don't wear a coat here to church on Sunday. I did wear a coat. What is today? Today is, today is Sunday. I wore a coat. I wore a coat yesterday. I put a coat on yesterday in the morning. Come over here to the men's breakfast. Had a coat on. Took it off shortly after. The men's breakfast it got too hot. How many of y'all know? It got too hot yesterday. Man, I was, I was, I had a, I had a long sleeve shirt on over a short sleeve shirt, and Christian and I were out doing two bunk bed deliveries, and we we're outside. I'm sweating. It was too hot. We got to the second stop, and it finally started cooling down some. I says, "Oh, this feels a whole lot better." But uh, and he came out with a short sleeve shirt, and I think he had a coat on. He took the coat off after a while. That's good. You're not going to do very, go very far if you go around and try and carry my coat. My coat stays on my coat rack most of the time and it, it doesn't do that. So that's not going to minister. It, it, it's not going to do something for that. But there's other things that help me out. or to do. Th- and you gotta, you got to adjust this to each one. Elisha did certain things for Elijah. Joshua did certain things for Moses. The disciples did certain things for Jesus. And this is what this word is talking about. The people that would come along and they just would minister and they would help out. You know, a lot of the ministry that comes in, when people come in on a Sunday and they have their areas of ministry and they take it on and I never give it a second thought, that ministers to me. That ministers greatly to me. When the visitors are taken care of and the ushers are taken care of and the sound is taken care of and the worship is taken care of and the children are taken care of and all the, when all that's going on, that ministers to me. We can go on and make all the other lists that are going on when, when that happens and people are functioning and doing what they need and don't need to be upstarted and, and uh, all that sort of stuff. Mm. that ministers a lot to me. May not do it for other people, but that does it for, for me. So everyone's a little bit different. So if, if yours is ministry, uh, I heard two people when we were in school, they used to talk about this, Brother Doug Jones and Brother Keith Moore. Both of them were called alongside to help Brother, Brother Hagen and to, and to do that. And they would tell us the stories of the things that they would do. That natural stuff. Going out and picking up dry cleaning or uh, whatever it might be. Just whatever it was that was going to help him out. And that's what they... That's what they would do. And Brother Keith, one time, he was sharing that when they uh, finally left Ramah, they got the call and they were supposed to leave Ramah and go on out. And they were out there ministering and stuff. The, the Word of God came to Brother Keith and he says, I never told you to stop helping Brother Hagin. And he was shocked. He says, well, we came out and we, got, we left Ramah and we got on our own. Yeah, yeah, you did that. I told you to do that. But I never told you to stop helping Brother Hagin. They fixed it right away. They gave him a call. They said, uh, Brother Hagen, do you need anything? And if they needed them for a meeting, whatever it was, he said, they would cancel the meeting. They would do whatever they had to do. And he had his own plan. He'd fly out there. Whatever Brother Hagen needed, he'd fly out there, help him out with the meeting. I think at one point, when they first got this, they just showed up at the meeting they were at and said, hey, we're here to help. What do you need? And that's what they did. This is the powerful thing, ministry. Let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. You don't always have to be behind a pulpit to teach. You don't always have to have a Sunday school class to teach. There's teaching you do to your children. There's teaching you do to other people, one-on-one or a small group. 
He who teaches in teaching. Now, prophecy, ministering, teaching. Do we hear other places where these things are being spoken of? He who exhorts in exhortation. Do we hear other places where exhortations are, to- are spoken of? He who gives with liberality. Is that something we hear about a whole lot? An anointing for, for giving. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with chillfulness. You see, some of these things in this list, we don't hear exhorted. Go out there and be a giver. We're given a general exhortation to give. Go out and be merciful. We're given a general exhortation to give. But we haven't seen this a whole lot where there's a, a special place for certain people that they have this grace amount of mercy to show on, on folks. But see, when we got somebody in the body of Christ and they have that grace amount of mercy, well, you just send them in there. You've got mercy. You go in there and take care of that situation. I operate in mercy too, because we're all supposed to. But not as much as you do. They need a lot of mercy. You go on in there and take care of that. I operate in exhortation, but not as much as you. You go on in there and exhort that person. You can exhort them in the way they need to be exhorted. You go on ahead and do it. Sometimes we think so highly of ourselves. I think, well, I, I need to be the, the main exhorter. I need to be the main ministry. I need to be the main teacher. I need to be the main, main prophecy person. I need to be the main giver. All these, ah, don't, don't worry about all that. Find out where it is that you're supposed to, that special grace, that special anointing is on you. And boy, you just, mm, ministers to you when you get out there and you get to do that. And operate in those ministry areas. Well, he picks up here in verse 9 about behavior. Looked at the gifts. Looked at getting our mind and our body in line. But let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Let love be without hypocrisy. How many times have you act lovingly to someone and all the time inside grumbling and complaining? Grumbling and complaining. See, you're, you're not flowing in the love of God when you do that. Don't, don't be messed. Don't let love be without hypocrisy. First off, it's not saying don't be loving anymore. Well, I can't be loving to you without hypocrisy. So I'm not going to love you. That's not the way to go. The way to go is to fix the hypocrisy part and get into that love. Father God, I shouldn't be having these kind of things. If you've got something to say to somebody, then exhort them. If, if, they are, if they're in sin, what's the Word of God say? You see a brother in sin? Leave him alone. Ignore him. Talk to all the church members about him. Point out to everyone else why they're wrong. What's it say? Exhort them. You've got to go to that person. If what you see in another person doesn't, get you, doesn't motivate you to go over there and talk to that person, it should not motivate you to talk to anyone else. Shut your mouth. Do not speak that. And don't go over there. Sometimes we shut our mouth, but it's on the inside. We keep speaking to ourselves. Can't believe that person's this way. Oh, I don't like the way that person acts. I don't like the way that person does this. And we're grumbling and complaining, and we're sowing the seeds of that hypocrisy. Don't do it. Father God, I need to, I need to have, walk in that flow with you. I need to just love that person and flow with that person. If there's something they're doing that's against your word, you tell me and I'll go tell them about it. In love and I'll restore what you want. If not... It's just my problem. Because how many of y'all know that some people do some things and it's not against the Word of God? But you've got a problem with it. I just don't like the way they smell. I just don't like the way they dress. I just don't like the way they're this. I just don't like this. And there's no word about it. I just don't like it. Well, you've got to fix yourself on that one. Don't be out there and, and doing all this stuff. It'll stop you from being faithful in the thing that you're supposed to be doing. You're over there grumbling and complaining. You're not faithful even with the love of God that's being put inside you. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor. Abhor what is evil. 
and cling to what is good. The fun Greek study just doing those two words, abhor and cling. Not enough time today. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. Be kindly affectionate to one another. Not just love them. Be kindly affectionate to one another. In honor, giving preference to one another. How many of you have found yourself slipping into the place where you give preference to certain ones and not to others? I I like this one over here. I give preference to this one over here. I give preference to this one because of this thing over here. Folks, we're seeing this in this presidential. Tuesday, we get a new president who comes on in. There are people who give precedence to the incoming president because of the color of his skin. There are people who look down upon the president coming in on Tuesday because of the color of his skin. I hope you're not one of those on either side. color of a person's skin should not matter to you one bit. I look to a president on what they believe. Care less what color they are. What state they were born in. None of that matters to me. What do you believe and what are you going to try and accomplish? That's what matters. But if you fall into the thing where, well, this president coming in, he's this way, and you give preference because of that, that's wrong. And you shouldn't do any other relationships either. We have no preference to anyone. Now, there are certain people you get along with better. Isn't that right? And there are certain people you call a little closer to yourself. And well, I, and that's all right. There's just certain things that are in them. Certain things that you lack about them. And you can, you know, you just, you know, Daryl and I, we sit over there, we talk about the unit. We can't talk about it to Brother Keith because Brother Keith doesn't watch them in time. So we were over there talking yesterday and we were talking about things in the show. And, uh, and Brother Keith would come on in. La, 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 la. <laughs> he wasn't going to hear it. But, but you know, I can, I can have that conversation. Now, some of you folks, if I sat down and we talked to you about the unit, about these folks shooting them up, you say, what in the world are you talking about? So I know not to talk about you with that. I get preference to him on that. <laughs> and we, we have fun talking about And And there's some other things that we can have fun talking about. But I just know he's one I can enjoy talking about that with. He's going to get out there and say, we, are, we were having fun with that for a little while. He's, well, I didn't get to see that episode yet. I got to go back there and see that one. And then, yeah, well, watch how this one, oh, the, and the way this one is, and this one. Just have some fun, fun with it. But, you know, you can't do that with, it, with everyone. But if I begin to say, well, you know what? Only people who watch the unit enjoy it will I fellowship with. You don't watch the unit? You, you don't watch? The, I'm, I'm not fellowshipping with you anymore. Nope, 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 nope. Now, see, that's wrong. Because I can, Vanessa and I, we can fellowship on other things. And we can have other places that we can, we can do that on. You, you don't give preference that way. He says... Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor, giving preference to one another. So, see, if I, as soon as I get into a mode where I am going to begin to think, well, I am not going to spend time here. I'm not going to associate here. I'm not going to do this here. I am giving preference to myself, not the other person. And that's where the problem comes in. If you give preference to yourself, over someone else. You have missed what the Word of God says. Give preference to one another. Well, here's a brother. Here's a sister over here. What is it that I can relate to? What is it that I can fellowship with? What is it that I can talk with over here? And we can, we can have 
good fellowship, good communication. You should be able to have good communication and good fellowship with just about anybody in the body of Christ. And if you don't, you're not working at it. Thank you for all those amens. Overwhelming. (laughs) If you get in the body, well, I'm not going to hang out with that one. You're wrong. You cannot have that attitude without having the the, uh, assumption that I'm higher than they are. Cannot have it. You've got to get rid of that. That is a wrong thing for you to have. You cannot associate with people based on any, anything like that. Any likes or dislikes. That Find the areas that you like things on. You know, even you folks that like cats, I can still hang out with you all. I can even talk about your cat and you can tell me stories about your cat. And, I, and, and we can, you all know, one of my favorite shows I like to listen to, the Rush Limbaugh Show. Boy, do I love that. Oh, I love, will not miss that show. I get to everyone. It is so much fun. You folks who only know about that show from what the news media tells you have completely missed what that thing is about. You ever never want to? That's all right. I won't talk to you about it. But uh, Rush Limbaugh, as much as I enjoy him, and he is fun. He can look at the, this nation and the stuff we're going through and laugh at it. And have fun with it and enjoy it. And you come out of there thinking, hey, we have a future. <laughs> We're going through this economic collapse and all this stuff. We have a future. I enjoy that. But I'll tell you something about R- Brother uh, Rush Limbaugh that most of you don't know. He is a cat lover. He is a cat lover. He has a cat. His name is Pumpkin. Dear Lord. He talks about this cat affectionately. You know what? I still enjoy him. I could even talk to him about his cat. I don't fast forward pet because I don't listen to the show live. I can I don't fast forward the parts when he talks about his cat. I listen to the whole thing. See, you can enjoy anyone. You can. You can enjoy anyone. You can have fellowship with anyone that you choose to. As long as you work on this, that you prefer others to yourself. As soon as you get into a mode where you prefer yourself over them. This is why you have people problems. If you will always do what the Word of God says here, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, to in honor giving preference to one another. In honor. Folks, that verse is so powerful. And if we could just understand all that it is saying, you would never have another people uh, problem. They would all be gone. You would not have another people problem. You could get them all fixed. Prefer other people. Well, he doesn't like cats. Well, he doesn't like dogs. Well, they don't like TV. Well, they don't like the radio. Well, they don't like... So what? How many other things are there that you can fellowship on? And that you can enjoy and talk about? And if not, learn some. Find some things that you can get in there and talk to the people about. Get it out there. Some of you folks, I've exhorted you over and over to come out to lunch! After church, don't go home. Come out to lunch. Some of you still haven't done it. You are in direct disobedience to your pastor. (laughs) Absolutely. Now you say, well, I can't afford it. Folks, we do it every week. Almost every week. Today I will not. Today I have to go. I'm going to head out to the hospital. I'm going to see our our brother Jim before he uh, gets going. But So I'm going to skip lunch today and, and head on up there to do that. But normally... I'm out there every week. You know, we try and go to like Wendy's, five, six, seven dollars. Keep it cheap. 
keep it uh, inexpensive. We just value the fellowship. Value the opportunity to get to know you. And we love seeing you all get to know each other. So, make some plans. Please, if not, please understand that from this point on, you will be direct in direct disobedience to your pastor for not coming out to lunch every once in a while. (laughs) Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. You need to do this. You need to get out there. There's folks, people, as small as church this is, there are people who still have not spent more than five minutes in communication with each other. That's a shame. Come on. Fix it. Y'all can talk to me. I can talk to y'all. So somehow, y'all can be able to talk to each other. And you do it more. We see it some. I just, I want to see it even more. When we have those, those days and no one goes home from church for an hour, you know, we had the Christmas Eve. Everybody's getting on my case. Why do you say Christmas Eve is supposed to be an hour, an hour long? Everybody stayed around. Everybody did. So everybody stayed around for an hour afterwards. Well, then it's your choice. But I like seeing everybody sticking around and enjoying each other's fellowship and having fun. Then on a holiday like that, you want to hang out with each other. That's good. I like to see that. Be kindly affectionate to one another. You ought to read this verse every day this week slowly and get every word that it's saying. Not lagging in diligence. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Not lagging in diligence. Oh, do you understand what he is saying? Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord. Folks, you serve the Lord by not lagging in diligence. That you put as much diligence into what you do today as you did before. How many times have you, have you folks gotten involved and done something and then after a week or two began to lag behind on it? What have you done? Lagging in diligence. Were you fervent in spirit? No. But you'll be quick to point out everyone else who wasn't. Isn't this a fun sermon? Isn't this just it's going to be one of your favorites, I know. <laughs> Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. That's how you do it. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Boy, the things that are going on in the rest of this, I don't even know we can get into it all. Distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality. Don't hide behind this thing, well, I'm just not one of those people who has the hospitality gift. That was before. This is different. You all need to be kindly affectionate to one another. Are you all supposed to be kindly affectionate to one another? Are you all supposed to be walking in brotherly love? Yes. Are we all supposed to be in honor giving preference to one another? Yes. Are we all supposed to be not lagging in diligence? Yes. Are we all supposed to be fervent in spirit? Yes. Serving the Lord? Are we all supposed to be rejoicing in hope? Yes. Patient? Yes. In tribulation? Yes. Continuing steadfastly? Yes. In prayer? Yes. Distributing to the needs of the saints? Yes. Then how can we stop and put a period there and start a new sentence? Why is it we do that? Well, my house is too small. Then invite small families over. Or small people. We have small people in this church. We have big people, tall people, and small people. You just invite the small ones. We'll get the people with the bigger houses. They can invite the tall ones. I can go to either one because I can duck. 
<laughs> Stop making excuses for yourselves. Give in to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another and do not set your mind on high things. There's no way we can get into all this. We're going to have to stop this and just get on because verse 16 will take us a month of Sundays. And I was just planning on getting into it today. So we'll get into a little bit more of it next week. But look at this. Not lagging in diligence. Not lagging in diligence. Who was responsible to keep you from not lagging in diligence? Is it me as your pastor? Is it your prayer partner? Is it the Holy Spirit? Who is it responsible? You are! Remember he started up over here? I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Are you offering your body as a living sacrifice when you are not lagging in diligence? When you are fervent in spirit? Yes. Stop lagging in diligence. It is not a faithful servant who lags in diligence. It is not a faithful servant who is not fervent in spirit. And it is your fault. Don't blame it on anyone else. Don't blame it on this one or that one or this cause or that cause. It is you. You are responsible to make yourself diligent. Be diligent. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Anything in that verse about them earning preference? You give preference automatically. As soon as you meet somebody, you meet them for the first time, what do you give them? Honor and preference. Automatically. People don't have to earn honor in your life and they don't have to earn preference in your life. You yield it automatically. If you're going to make people earn that, you are not walking according to the Word of God. I understand that trust is earned. We talked about that. But you can give preference and you can give honor to all. Not lagging in diligence, and fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Don't you like in their diligence? You put everything in. Father, I'm going to be as diligent with this. If I'm only doing this for one or two people, I'm going to be as diligent with it as if I was doing it for 100. If I was doing it for 200, 500, whatever it is. I am going to be as diligent with it. I'm going to put as much into this for one or two as for four or five or eight or nine or 15 or 20. Do not let diligence be affected by the numbers that you see. You cannot let that happen. Diligence comes out of you. It comes out of who you are. Preference is not about the people that you meet. It's about who you are. You give preference one to another. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another and not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. We'll get into more of these things because it's important that we get our bodies to function the way that we do it, the way that we should. If we are going to be faithful members with God, we've got to do this God's way. God says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Present your bodies. Whatever it is that you do in ministry, you understand this is my role. This is I'm a, I'm a member of the body. I have a different role than someone else. I have a different place than someone else. But I'm going to do mine wholeheartedly. Full force. I'm going at it. I don't care if the rest of the body lets their parts lag. I'm doing mine every bit that I can. My diligence is not dependent on what someone else does. My faithfulness is not dependent on what someone else does. 
My fervence in spirit is about my spirit. I will be fervent in my spirit, not looking for other people. Be the one that brings that along. And you can do that. Father God, we thank You for the help that You give us.